everyone. Welcome to This Is Whole Life. It's episode 281. And to quote the opening line of this week's message paragraph, there are a few jerks out there. So what are we talking about? Love is, and we're still in the love is not. Right. Are we getting out of the love is not? Yes, this week we are. Uh, love is uh, flexible is what we're going to be talking about. Ooh. And But although I've actually reframed that because in the original it says that love does not demand its own way. Oh, okay. All right. So I've... But we're still in the knots this week. Not. And we're not going to be rude. Okay, Ken? Um, <laughs> I can't promise that. Can't promise. <laughs> I try to be loving, but... The first thing that came to my mind was sarcasm. Hmm. And sometimes, like, you know, the velvet sledgehammer is almost a little bit of rudeness. Like, you know, well, we have to we have to call the truth what it is. And sometimes it hurts a little bit. But we like to put a little uh, I think it was in first service when one of the questions in the during the Q&A, which were answered, was what about bless their heart? Bless their That's heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a little bit like the velvet sledgehammer. Like we're just going to put a little bit of comfort on there before I feel we... like you're I feel like you're <laughs> accusing me of being rude. <laughs> You know, and we've all done. I mean, I've never said "bless your heart" just because I'm not. No? From, I'm not from the South, so it's not a. I oh. learned it from a coworker when I moved here a while back, and I'm like, I don't think "bless," and I wanted to say, I don't think "bless your heart" means what you think it means. Oh, or does it mean? I that? think it means exactly what, what I think it means. <laughs> <laughs> bless so, your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. There you go. <laughs> well, this is our fourth installment of our love is. And it's still in the knot. So I'm yep. glad that we're moving towards the away from the knot. But we got to know what it is and if we got to know yeah. what it is. Sure. So I want to begin with it this week, defining it as in rude, as Ken did early on in his message. And we're giving credit to Wikipedia on this one. I know, right? What? This is very disappointing. It kind of was. I was like, Wikipedia. But I'm like, hey, if you get I researched right. and researched. And honestly, <laughs> I, I came up with all these credible sources. And then I was like, this is just the best way of wording it. <laughs> so I got to give credit where credit is due. All right. Good job, Wikipedia. That's right. Occasionally, <laughs> you nail it. According to Wikipedia.com, rudeness is a display of disrespect by not complying with the social norms or etiquette of a group or culture. These norms have been established as the essential boundaries of normally accepted behavior. So does that mean you have to be normal to not be rude? Or no, that's not what that means. No, no, no. I think it means that normal, normal. What, what normally accepted behavior would be. In other words, so there are some places in the world where if you spoke loudly and harshly, that would not be considered rude. That would be considered to be making a point. It's mm. the way that, that things are done there. And there are other places in the world where to speak loudly and harshly would be considered incredibly rude. Immediately. Immediately. No matter what you said, really. It's also the context of where you're at, right? I mean, it, it talking loud is not rude unless you are in uh, like U.S. Congress. Right, yeah. I don't know if you've ever gone on a tour in, in Washington, D.C. to— Never been to D.C. It's on the bucket oh, list of things to do. do. Yeah. Well, I took my kids when they were little, and we went and sat in the gallery um, Ooh, nice. in Congress. It was pretty cool. And they have a very strict no-talking, be-quiet kind of policy. And so it was it would be considered rude there to, to be speaking loudly or boisterously. Congress is a lot like a podcast. You know, they all got their little microphones, and mm -hmm. you just talk normal. Yeah. That's what's expected. Exactly. It's the cultural norm there. And so, but, hmm. you know, as soon as we walked outside the Capitol building, there was nothing wrong with my kids running around yelling and screaming, having a good time out on the National Mall. 
Yeah. So um, oftentimes rudeness can very much have to do with the what's, again, the accepted norms of what's around you. And you made a great point during the service, and I just thought of it. It just came as you said that. Uh, I think it was in first service. You said, like at a church like Whole Life, where we have so many different cultures and so many societal norms from each of those cultures, let alone what we would be a societal norm here in America and then further in Florida, Orlando. I mean, there's. Is there a way to avoid <laughs> putting your foot in it <laughs> no matter where you step? Because it seems like there's so many different things that you could, even unknowingly, is there a responsibility by someone who is offended to say, that was really rude? Because I think a lot of times we we may not know. Yeah, you know, I do. I think there is a um, responsibility for somebody to to speak up. And you can do it in a kind way. I think we're often very much under the impression that in order to make our point, we have to be kind of mean. It's kind of like, you know, how if your kids don't listen to you the first time, you raise your voice and you raise your voice. And um, <laughs> as if, and at the same time, yet you realize that they probably heard you, they're just ignoring you. And mm. But... But I think that for some reason we tend to think that that sometimes we have to be mean in order to get people's attention when and, – and I think that that's uh, it's problematic. I think that we need to speak up when, when somebody has said something that's offensive to us, that's uh, hurt our feelings and say something about it. And that doesn't guarantee that the person who did it is going to care or change their ways. <laughs> no. Um, no. But what it does do is it gives them the opportunity – to be a better human. It's, it's hilarious to me that I actually encountered this literally after preaching the sermon. I was having a conversation uh, with a group of people and unwittingly said something pretty culturally unsensitive. I wasn't meaning to, but with the group of people that I was, with any group of people, it was, it was an expression that I grew up with a lot, not a vulgar one or anything like that, but it was just – it was not sensitive in our time and period, uh, place, and a person spoke up and said, "No, no, very nicely, but mm, don't, don't, don't. Let's not do that. Let's not say that." And it's like I said, I, I was like, "Oh wow, I hadn't even thought of it." Yes, that yes, that isn't yeah. that isn't the way I want to be phrasing that. I want to take that out of my vocabulary because it's it's not appropriate to where I'm at now. And you know, and for me. Uh, Trying to take my own sermon as advice, you know, the the right thing to do is say, "I'm really sorry." I, yeah, you know, I yeah. did not really think about what that, how that really comes across, but that that isn't something that I want to be saying. And so, thank you for pointing that out. But a lot of times, what happens in life is that when somebody points out that they're offended, we say, "Oh, don't be a snowflake," you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you got to grow up. You got to be tough. Got to have a thick st- skin." Well, why? Yeah. Uh, what I, I hear that from bullies a lot. Ah, if you just, just, you know, just, you know, yeah, what's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong is if somebody doesn't like something, stop. No is a full sentence. It doesn't need anything beyond that. If somebody says, hey, please don't, that, that really hurts my feelings. Why do we feel the need to, to, put, down to push down and say, well, no, you've got to take – if that offends you, you still have to deal with that. I mean – I know people will come up with all kinds of reasons and perhaps there's one or two that are maybe valid. But by and large, I would say the vast majority of times when somebody says, hey, would you please not do that? It's a good idea. Not why, to not, why, not, why, why not just be kind and loving and do that? Now, don't, don't do it. What happens then when – because there's a lot of times when someone will say, 
well, that, that was really offensive to me or, man, you hurt my feelings. Or if you had said that to me, that would have hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And if you said, well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but to still recognize that that person, however they felt about it, if it was they were offended by it or they were hurt by it, try not to do it again. Yeah. But sometimes it's so situational where it even it's not even what was said. It was the way it was said. It. Yeah. I, I just think this is almost like a perception problem. Because some of us have really, really horrible nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are really good at sarcasm. So if you couple sarcasm, like being really good with sarcasm and really bad with your nonverbal, people are going to be offended all the time because yeah. you just you don't you don't project well. And it's so easy for that to be the case. And then to just want to defend yourself and say, well, that's not what I meant because it probably, you know, in many cases it wasn't. But that's still on us to then investigate and say, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. And But that needs to be followed with an apology, right? I think so. I think that to let people know that you care matters. And I think that just like, you know, the example that I was giving, I was not intentionally trying to be insensitive yeah, with no, the way I sure. was not trying to do that. I really wasn't. And I really hadn't even given – a second thought to the wording. It's just a wording I grew up with and the family that I grew up with. It just didn't give a second thought to it. And when the person gently pointed it out, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I can yeah. see that. Yeah, definitely understand that now. But the question is, do I want to double down and go, oh, come on. That's just a figure of speech. We all know that, you know, doesn't, you know, you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to say, hey, look, yeah, good point. It's kind of like my my wife who's a teacher. She used to tell her students they would they would use uh, vegetarian swear words, right? And she would say, "Hey, we don't use we don't don't talk like that." And they're like, "Oh, it's not a bad word." And she said, "Yes, use your best language." Yeah, and I think that's the key right there. Is like, there you do, do you want to use your best language or do you want to use your mediocre? Use your best. Yeah. Use your best. Use what's best. And I think that again. Why do we want to defend hurting someone else's feelings? And feelings are very subjective. I get it. I mean, it is interesting. Today in our staff meeting, Stanley, I poked at him during our Q&A. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, oh, that was kind of rude. Yeah. And Stanley today in, in, in staff, uh, our staff meeting was like, just do it. People love it. It's funny. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. And so, you know, with that that kind of thing if if it truly if it doesn't bother him and he and it's just part of back and forth and in friends you can say stuff to friends that does not offend them at all but you say it to somebody else it's, it's offensive um and so i think we have to really uh, for me it's just always erring on the side of love sure yeah. and kindness and caring about what other people are doing and i you know there's a time that you can say certain things to some people and a time where you, where you shouldn't say it to other people and and understanding the difference i think is part of maturity in life i know that like when i was a young pastor i'm working with youth i was super sarcastic with them and i'd tease them a lot and they always i you know i felt oh they must love it they're okay with it and then um i had a, a mentor who came along he was a youth pastor and he was like hey man you really need to be careful because kids will smile and they'll laugh but on the inside they're dying because yeah. you've just embarrassed them in front of their friends they have or or you unknowingly say something that really touches a, a deep bruise in their life and they'll smile and they'll laugh because they don't want everybody else, else to to know, to know. Yeah. 
but it'll really it'll really eat at me. So, so he said, it's not that I don't want to joke with my kids. It's not that I don't want to have fun. He said, but I want to be very, very careful that I don't say anything that could hurt them in a way that they might not feel comfortable letting me know or that gives other kids in the group permission right, to yeah. pick on that person. You may not realize that this kid – is being bullied by several other people in that group. And when you tease them, you you think it's all in good fun and it's you don't mean anything by it. But all of a sudden the other bullies go, well, Pastor Ken's doing it. So that gives me more yeah. freedom to go and, and, and say more things. And so I think we have to be a little more thoughtful sometimes than we are, especially for those of us who have more outgoing personalities probably giving just a little bit more thought to what we do. And, and this is just something that I have to keep working on in my life because my natural personality is sarcastic and let's pick on each other. I grew up in a family <laughs> where that was very socially, socially acceptable. acceptable. It was like, you know, and if somebody's feelings got hurt, they would say it. And my family was pretty respectful about it. It was like, oh, oh okay. All right. Well, we'll leave that alone then. Yeah. And then we'll move on to the next topic. But for some people, they don't they don't feel comfortable speaking up. And this is also particularly important for those of us who are in leadership. Mm. Uh, when you're a leader, it's very hard for somebody who is uh, who works under you or who is in a position that you're in authority over. It's very hard for them to speak up and say, hey, you hurt my feelings with what you said. Or, hey, what you said was was kind of out of line. I didn't appreciate it. Very hard for somebody to say that. I don't. I, don't, I think we can all think of bosses or yes. people in authority sure. that have said things that were like, ooh. Yeah. And, but you never say anything to them about it because you're like, ah, I don't want to take the risk of making them upset with me or yeah. or whatever. And, in fact, the best bosses that I've ever had were the ones that I knew I could say something could to. Say it too. And sure. say, hey, look, that, that no, 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 that, that, that doesn't work for me. And I had so much respect for those people because I knew that rather than getting defensive and angry, they would be curious. Oh, why does that bother you? Yeah, not oh, not sure. in, not in a um, in like it shouldn't bother you. But hey, help me understand. That's I I didn't really think about why why would that why does that you know bother you in a way you know like um, people can make fun of me all day long for having red hair. And be having freckles, it never bothered me. I yeah. I had a healthy self esteem about that. But what always really bothered me was people who made skinny jokes, which you wouldn't think that would bother somebody, but it bothered me a lot. It really bothered me because I always felt like I saw my friends who could bulk up when they would go weight lift weights, and all I did was get more wiry and <laughs> scrawny. And so when people would make skinny jokes uh, or you know make jokes about you know hey Ken stick out your tongue, then you'll be a zipper, you know. It bothered me, but I wouldn't really always say that because I didn't want you know to give anybody <laughs> license to keep on going. Keep on. Don't and, give them, don't give them the key to what really bugs you. But the funny thing is, if you made if you tease me about my red hair or having freckles, it didn't bother me even a little bit. And so that's where again we just have to be very careful about the way we go about talking to. Because what what we discovered is love is not rude. It takes into context the things that are that are coming around. And you're not always going to be perfect at it. And that that means you will inadvertently make cultural mistakes because you don't understand the culture. You don't know that there's a bruise there. And so that's why it's super important that when people speak that we're curious. And then we say, okay, we'll explain that. Help me know. Wow, I didn't I had no idea that would bother you. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, tell me why why does it bother you that the the skinny joke? Help me understand. And then and then you hear the explanation, you go, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Or thank you for helping me understand you better. And I think those are things that 
would just go so far. Can you just imagine in society? I mean, none of us likes. We all want to tell other people that they need to be tough <laughs> when they when when we hurt their feelings. But we're all of us want other people to understand that when our feelings are hurt, it's very legitimate. The more you've talked about it, and it's been something that's been on my mind because I think just like you. I'm a very outgoing person. I love to make jokes, have fun, uh, very sarcastic. I worked a ton of years on a construction site. So the amount of ribbing that one takes and the amount of abuse one takes and you just kind of let it roll, right? It's just part of life and then you don't realize that other people are so much more sensitive to those things than you are. So part of it I feel like is like reading the room, which can be very difficult because Mm -hmm. you just don't really know. And so part of it just boils down to I think it's those shared connections that we have. If I know Ken better, I know that the skinny joke is not cool. Yep. And I, I, and then, I don't have to worry about that one anymore, by <laughs> well, the way. Neither do uh, I. But I. So now the, uh, now the, now the pot belly <laughs> jokes bother me, so to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, don't make fun of my roles. But, you know, and then to be able to also just to be able to stand up for someone that you know and say, wow, that, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, to also be the advocate because I think no matter how many times we assume that someone is going to say, that really bothered me, chances are they're not. In my estimation, they're not going to say it. They're just going to internalize it. They're going to get mad about it. If that's the worst it gets, they're just going to internalize it and really not like you and they're going to avoid you. Mm-hmm. If it's the worst, they're going to tell everybody about it and about how nasty you are and how, yeah. how you made them feel. And there's only bad things that can happen. But I think truly people, if we can look across the room and go, ooh, I think Ken's a little upset with that. Yeah. And maybe I'm not even comfortable enough in the room to say, wow. Uh, hey, Ken, I'm sorry, but maybe I can just kind of wait a little bit, follow Ken yeah. to where it's more private and say, Ken, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was not cool. And I didn't mean it that way or I did. It came out and I don't know why. And then does anyone believe that? Because then the, the response is, whatever comes out of your mouth, there's some truth to it. Right. So you must believe that. Yeah. And then you're like, well, uh, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't win here, can I? I'm, no. I'm, I'm stuck. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you could win by not saying anything in the, in first, the first place. place. There you go. Oh, well, hey, I'm the I'm the king of this. Like if I, I can only imagine people who are listening to this who knew me 10, 15 years, 20 years, <laughs> 30 years ago. Like I said, I'm very sarcastic. I love to tease people. And if I'm really honest, there's a big part of me that loves it when I make people feel uncomfortable. And when I, I like if I, you know, back in college, I can mm-hmm. remember so many times where I knew I was bothering somebody and it just made me want to press the button a little bit harder. And, you know, for me, that's been part of my journey with Jesus is is recognizing um, the pain that I've caused and realizing that I could have done better. Mm. That, that yeah. What's my purpose? You know, my purpose in life is to help people know about Jesus. That's it. I mean, I, I, you know, for me, it's to know Jesus and to show Jesus. Those are the two things. And so I have to ask myself, the things I'm doing, are they helping people know Jesus? And so that's where I think that, that the question is, is it, it even comes down to the stuff for me that I'm putting on my social media pages. There's stuff that I find absolutely hilarious but if I were to post it on my social media page, I think it would take away from my ability to share Jesus with all the people that I want to share Jesus with. There are things that I don't find offensive. There's political views that I find intriguing that I think are fun to discuss. But I don't put it out there because for me, I know that some of that stuff will become across in a way that will 
make it so that other people can't hear what I really want to tell them about. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I think that may be a little bit different perhaps depending on what your vocation is and what you're doing. If you're, if you're, if you're a politician, perhaps, you know, (laughs) putting stuff out there is, you know, is the way that you need to go. I don't know. (laughs) You're already getting crucified. What's the difference at that point? Politician, (laughs) But, but I think for those of us particularly who are in ministry uh, and really, honestly, I think most most followers of Christ, that's the way we need to view ourselves. Our goal is to bring people to Jesus, not to push them away. And sometimes the words that we have to say, the opinions, the positions that we take publicly can really push people away from Jesus, not because we're wrong, but because it gets in the way of them being able to see Jesus as opposed to seeing us. And so I think we have to be very thoughtful about what we go about doing. Um, Absolutely. Ken, you said love actually cares yeah. about the societal norms, not simply about being right. So my question then was, well, is it possible to be right? And I know this is now this is probably a really tiny part of the time, okay, that we would actually be right, number one. Number two, that our opinion or be, what we were being right about was biblically sound. So I'm right, I'm biblically sound. And then I've prayerfully thought about what I want to discuss with somebody and then their response is still, well, that was really rude. You know, I took what you said, really rude. You you know, I asked you for a, a, your answer, but yeah, that, that, that was rude. So is, is it possible that we could be right, <laughs> biblically sound, really be prayerfully thoughtful about what we're going to say? And we do all that specifically, but then the recipient is still offended. According to this, we still have yeah. to we can we can still we can do everything as right as humanly possible, right, and still find ourselves in this position, right? Sure, and I think the 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 point there is if you've taken, you know, we'll go ahead and use we'll go ahead and use the Seventh Day Adventist position of observing the seventh day of the week mm, as okay. Sabbath, and perhaps you are having a discussion with. Somebody who who does not believe that it particularly matters which day of the week you worship on, and perhaps you share that you know your belief with them, and and for them it comes across you've 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 tried your best, but it comes across to them somehow as being rude. What do you do then? I think that one of the things that you have to do is, is first let them know that you care about them. You're sorry that their feelings are hurt. You don't want to hurt their feelings. This is a belief that I have. This is something that that I believe to be true. If you don't agree with me on that, I still value your friendship, and it doesn't change my friendship. And I hope it won't change change yours yours with me. But I I just think that – I think there's probably a time and a place for everything. There's sometimes that we see Jesus doing some things in the Bible that come across pretty rude in our culture, in our time, in our space. But Jesus was making a point with it in a way that was culturally relevant to the people that he was interacting with. Were they offended by it? Yeah, they were. (laughs) But the Bible also tells us in the book of Isaiah that he didn't break the weakest reed. And I think that's something to really think about. In other words, Jesus did not go about just just busting around just like, hey, if that is the truth and if it hurts your feelings, so what? Too bad. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> I mean, you just look at how he treats um, the majority of, of the people that he comes in contact with. And again, I think that 
Um, there are very few of us who have the connection with God that Jesus had. Well, yeah, it's hard, uh, hard We're not exactly God, right? <laughs> no. And so we can't really read the hearts the same way that Jesus does. And so I think that some, for me, the thing that I am coming to believe more and more in my life is that I want to err as much as possible on the side of kindness and on the side of of caring about how other people feel. Yeah, And again, that's not to say that we need to change the truth. We need to water down the truth. We don't need to speak the truth. Of course, we need to do all those things. But I think that we can do those things in a tactful, kind way that society would say, yeah, that was a nice way of saying it. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, again, the societal norms is one of the key words in here. If it, within societal norms, the way that I say it, most people would agree was well, kind. Yeah. And one person decides to go, no, that isn't kind. Well, you know, again, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I have really done my best to explain this in a kind and nice way. So I liked how in you took the paraphrase of Matthew 17 verses 24 to 27 and basically it's obligation versus offense. And you said we are under no obligation, but love asks us, does that matter? And you said it only matters in the context of relationship. Love demands that we build up relationship and do nothing within our power to tear it apart. And it's like, well, there's your velvet sledgehammer for this week. I mean, <laughs> that's a tough one. You're just you're just supposed to always go the extra mile. You're always supposed to do this all in kindness, not out of obligation, but just out of your own goodwill. And some people make that very, very difficult. <laughs> and, you know, we would say, well, they don't deserve it. Or, you know, when someone's rude to us after we've done all this and, you know, you try to, like you say, you try to kindly disagree and then you really want to exit gracefully and kindly, right? That's like, that's what you want to leave with. Even yeah. and, and that's so hard to do, but this isn't out of obligation. And I like that part because I like it and I don't like it because I like it because it's what I want to be. And I don't like it because I'm not good at it. So it leaves you with how do I leave somebody like Jesus would, even in a disagreement. And like you just said, we're not nearly like Jesus at all. And I just go, man, I I, I don't think I, I, I know I'm not good at this. I, I absolutely know I'm not good at this because it's just like you want to go, OK, well, I'm wiping my hands. I'm, <laughs> I'm walking away. I don't know what else to do. But there's got to be a a kinder way to do it. And if it's looking at it through love demands that we build up relationships. So how do I do relationship with someone or is this a multifaceted approach? We're going to do this one time. It didn't really work out. We're going to try to pick a different subject or not talk about this or and come back. Because I, I, I feel like if we just leave it there, it really can be, like you said, it can be a deterrent to someone finding God. Or finding God the way God wants them to find him. And if we're this, you know, nobody wants to be that guy and be the stumbling block. That's the part that it, it's really good and it's really bad because I'm like, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's just going to admit that I just totally stink at this. <laughs> and, we all do, right? I mean, uh, we're all imperfect human beings. And I think that's when you, you, you know, when you start looking at like Matthew 5 where Jesus starts talking about all these, if you do this. If you even hate your uh, brother, then you've committed murder. And, you know, if you look at another person with lust, you've committed yeah. <laughs> adultery. And, and you look at start looking at what love is and you recognize it's it's kind of a tall order to fill. It is. In, in fact, if not an impossible order to fulfill. And I think that's why it's so important for us to recognize 
not to beat ourselves up and say, oh, I'm a horrible person, but to just say, hey, I need Jesus because I can't do this. I can't do it. Yeah. And too many times we're like, well, I'm just going to check the box. I'm going to go ahead. I'll have no other guys before you. I'm pretty sure I do that. And I'm going to go ahead and respect my parents. I do that. I haven't stolen anything recently. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't murdered anybody recently. You know? So you, know, you go through all these things and you say, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And we make love a lot easier than uh, we, we pretend like we're loving when we're not. Not really, loving. when we're not nearly as loving as we want to give ourselves credit for. And and that's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus. That's what he's here for, because he did. He lived it perfectly. And so that's one of the challenges to look at is say, okay, so Jesus does some things that come across as kind of, you know, he overturns the money changers' tables, and he calls people hypocrites, and he does these things. So if love is not rude in 1 Corinthians 13, if that's what the Bible is saying, if love is not does not act unseemly, well, Jesus is perfect love, so how is that loving? Yeah. And how is what he's doing not being rude? And I think those are the questions that we get to dive into and think through and that don't always have an easy answer out of them. But what I do think is that a lot of us get a lot of enjoyment out of hurting other people's feelings. And then being able to to kind of take the high and mighty, well, you deserved it. You had it coming. You were you were yeah. this. You were that. So you deserved exactly the way I treated you. And, and that's just not at all what I think Christ was like. No. In the example of the story that – in the cultural differences when you got to Guam. Yeah. To get a context for that story, make sure you check out this week's message either in Speaking of Grace, our weekly podcast with the message, or online at wholelife.church, and you'll see the top of the page. You can watch it. But how do you offer grace to those that just immediately angered us? I'm like putting yourself in his shoes, being rude, and you know you didn't even know it, and he would have been offended even though you had no idea because you yeah. were new to the culture. And I looked at this and I thought there's many times that people will come up to us over the years and they'll say the most repugnant words like retarded. They'll say words yeah. like stupid when talking about Emily and you just immediately want to punch him in the face, right? Because it's just it's – so, it's so bad. And that was a struggle for a long time. But then it kind of got to the point where why don't you just ask me a question? Like I'm, I'm open to it now. I will hold my. T- I promise I will hold my tongue. And I've told people there there aren't any stupid questions. I can tell you want to ask a question, so just ask it. And if it's insensitive, I'll tell you that's a word we like the the R word. We don't use that word anymore, so please don't. And she's not. And yeah. you know, but how can we open ourselves up that way that allows people maybe to not have to resort to being rude? Because we're open enough and we're projecting that on to people to say, listen, if there's something that you find funny, if there's something that you think is odd, or if there's a question about something, just ask. But And I know that's different for every person because you go through stages. I was not a prepared person for that. And if someone had done that to me before I was prepared, I probably would have lost my mind and probably yeah. punched somebody in the face. But it just seems like there's got to be a part that we can play tend also not be offended so easily. Like, I mean, and that, that, that sounds bad. <laughs> Don't be so offended. Just, it sounds like, you know, toughen up. But well, I think there's two sides to the coin, right? I think that we need to go ahead and let other people understand that other people may be offended. And if they are, 
that's their feeling and that's we're going to be okay. It's legitimate. It's legitimate. Yeah. And whether we think they should be offended or not is really not the question they are. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's the one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is when it comes to us. I think that each one of us can probably take a decision to appropriately handle offensive people. And what I mean by that is that rather than just gritting our teeth and walking away to engage that person and give them the opportunity to grow if they wanted to. And that's that's easier said than done because <laughs> when somebody says something that is so nasty and so unkind, the natural thing that all of us want to do is punch them, <laughs> verbally pummel them, um, yep. let them know why they're an insensitive slob and do that when in fact if we would go ahead and just stop and say – I don't know if you realize how you're coming across, but if you're willing, I'd love to chat with you about that. Why the, the word that you just used there, the R word that you used, I have a child that sometimes gets called that name, and it's hurtful. It's hurtful because my child isn't that way. And here's how I – when you say that, it it comes across to me and how it makes me feel and how it makes my daughter feel – you know, to be able to have those kind of conversations with people, there are people who will never receive it. Whatever. Come on. It, yeah. And and those are the people that you're going to have to kind of grit your teeth and pray for. Like Jesus said, pray for those who use you badly. Yeah. But then there are a group of people that will receive it, that will say, wow, oh, I didn't think about didn't that. Think Thank you that. for sharing that with me. And we've just made their life better. We've yeah. made their life better because they are going to become a better person. Now, there's a third class of people that I also want us to think about. They're the people who initially go back on you. They're like, ah, oh, come on, blah, 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 blah. But they go home and they think about it. And they think, wow, okay, that's ridiculous. And then, But as it sinks in, time goes by, they have more life experience. They go, yeah, that, that, really yeah, was. that wasn't. And so we may have never even realized it may seem like our words are wasted, but they weren't. And I say that because I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that people have said, hey, don't do that. Oh, whatever. Come on. Just don't be a snowflake. Buck up. You'll be okay. Yeah. But then years later, as I've grown up and matured a little bit in my life, I think, wow, uh, that was... I wish I had talked differently. And they were right. And I now am hopefully treating people differently because somebody took it. And I'm sure that person thought at the time, like, this guy <laughs> will never – he's a lost cause. He'll never be better. And yeah. I've just – I've wasted five minutes of my life trying to help him. And so that's what I guess I would just encourage all of us to do is to – for you know on the one side of things, if somebody tells us they're offended, let's take that seriously. Yep. It doesn't mean if you're talking about something that you know to be true that you have to suddenly say, well, OK, if you don't think it's true, it's not true. But what it does mean to say is, OK, you don't think it's true. I believe it's true. But I'm still going to treat you with the respect and courtesy that you deserve as a creation of God. I am going to not treat you like you're dumb or that you don't think things through or whatever, because that's what I see happen a lot of times when it comes to, you know, Christians. I've taught Bible classes where, uh, you know, I've had 
students say, I just can't believe anybody thinks there isn't a God that created everything. I mean, you have to be stupid not to think that, <laughs> that you know. Yeah. And, and, and my, my immediate response is, hey, I understand why you're seeing that. This is the, what you've been growing up with. But these people aren't – people are not stupid because they don't believe there's a God. People who don't believe in God have often thought this out far more than people who do, do. believe in a God Absolutely, and yeah. who have grown up with it. They've thought it through. They have a reason. Now, you can disagree with the reason. Sure. But insulting them – doesn't help. Doesn't help. It certainly doesn't do anything for the conversation. So the better way of saying this is let's say I don't I don't understand how anybody could. And then if you're in a conversation, then then be quiet and listen to why they say what they're saying. Because all too often we argue with people and we're not even hearing what they're saying. We're we're making an argument for something that's different than what they're saying. Yeah. And we're not really listening and hearing. And, I, and when I say, again, listening, I know that some people say, oh, you shouldn't listen to somebody who's telling untruth. Well, it's kind of hard to have a conversation if you're not listening. Yeah. You have to listen and hear what they're saying. And um, and so I just think it's important for us to always assume that, that people have a well-thought-out reason for why they're doing what they're doing and to give them the benefit of the doubt and to try to get to the bottom of why it is that you think that. And then if they're open to it, and I'm going to use that word, if they're open to it, share with them yeah. why you don't see eye to eye with them on that in a courteous and kind, kind way. And when you do that, I tend to think that you uh, you get a lot further than when you just tell somebody that they're ridiculous for not not understanding what the truth is as, as you believe it. Well, and I don't know why we always assume that there's somehow going to be like conflict resolution is going to end in this conversation. Right. It never does. No. And it's always like you said, the person that will say something to you and you go, that's just so crazy. But let's be kind in the moment. Even if we don't understand it, we don't believe it, we don't agree with it. But later on down the line, you might find that nugget and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I kind of see where that where that bridges the gap a little bit. And it might not still make you agree with them, but it's probably going to make you at least go, I'm sure glad I wasn't a jerk to them because now I at least can understand you know, why they have that position. There is so much to talk about and there was so many dis- – that like the perceptions, the the ins and outs of all of these different pieces and parts and how we're all wired together for con- – you know, some of us like conflict. Some of us don't. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us aren't. But just giving that respect – that someone does feel this way. They told you, let's respect it. And we had a couple of questions from the Q&A that we didn't get to. This one is from Corbin. Is it possible to be rude and love at the same time? Is telling someone they're bad at driving, it might be rude, but loving at the same time? Or was Jesus being rude to the teachers of the law, but he was also loving to them? So is it possible to be rude and love at the same time? So... Just going to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it says love is not rude. It is not rude. So the question is, and what a good question it is. So uh, my daughter's uh, got a learner's permit, and we're driving around a little bit. And so there are— You too? Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll see you out there. (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) So uh, anyway, but my daughter, my daughter's learning to drive and there's just times where it's like, hey, that you need to and she'll get frustrated with me about that. It's like, hey, and, and my answer is, hey, you know, I'm just trying to teach. I'm just trying to teach. But I can also tell you that there are times where I speak to her in a way that isn't conducive to her hearing the information that I'm trying to pass on. Saying to Kyla, you're a bad driver 
is not really helpful to her. (laughs) What's helpful to her is say, hey, you need to go ahead and take these turns a little bit slower. Go ahead and put the gas on once you're kind of in – through the through the curve as you're coming out of it, go ahead and, th- and then apply the gas. I'm living your um, life, man. Yeah, you you, you hear uh, anyone? Oh I'm yeah, saying? yeah. But but t- saying to somebody you're a bad driver, you're a bad human being, that isn't really helping them. No. But saying, hey, when you speak like this, it isn't helpful. Or when you are doing this, and so that's that's a great example. So let's talk about Jesus a little bit. Let's talk about the times where he turned over the money changers' tables, where he did those sort of things. I think it took a lot of divine wisdom. You notice that Jesus, by the way, Jesus could have done that pretty much every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and he wasn't wrong about what he was doing, but Jesus did some things for some very specific reasons that were loving. Yeah. And I think that we have to think through why we do what we do, and we need to seek God's guidance in what we do, why we do what we do. Um, but generally speaking, insulting large groups of people— um, it yeah. <laughs> just does not bring people to Jesus. But at the same time, speaking truth is important, and Jesus did it. John the Baptist did it. Prophets did it. Again, I think you just need to really make sure that you're in tune with Jesus and that you're doing it because you genuinely love somebody versus you're trying to be right yeah. or you're trying to, to – it's about you. Yeah. Love is always focused on the welfare of the other. And what Jesus was doing was always focused on the welfare of the other. And so love is very careful not to do what is unseemly, to do something that that is not the right thing to do in the context that's happening there. Yeah. Kyla, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you're a pretty awesome driver. She is an awesome driver. And Ellie, I've had to raise your voice for like, hey, curb's coming up and, you know, we're missing this or we're missing this turn or we, you know, whatever. Uh, We went through a red light on Sunday and it was It's funny how our kids do the exact same. My daughter does exactly the same thing I did driving. She loves to hug the right, the right, the right side. We're we're still afraid of the traffic on our Uh, left. And I just keep telling her, you got to put your life in danger, (laughs) not mine. (laughs) And I remember my dad saying the exact same thing. He said, Ken, you can get a little closer to that yellow line if you want to. (laughs) If you want to. And it was like the first time we've ever, she's pretty decisive. You know, I've been proud of Ellie. And we were not in a dangerous situation. And so I didn't make as much of a big deal about it. But I was like, whoa, you got to make up your mind. If you're going to stop, you got (laughs) to stop. And if you're going to go, you got to go. And she was like, I just kind of froze. You know, I'm like, hey, that's okay. That's how we learn. And at least it happened on a three-way instead of a four-way. And, you know, we didn't do something crazy. So, Ellie, you're doing a great job, girl. I love you. You too, Kyla. That's it. All right. Last question. How can you identify rudeness in oneself if it's really cultural? Stanley had given us the – the tease on this one at second service. And they went on to say, I can, can, I can attribute a few things to my culture, subcultures included, while others might consider it extremely rude. So how can you identify rudeness in oneself if it's really cultural? Is there a culture of rudeness? I do think that there is a culture of rudeness. And I, I think particularly it's fueled by reality TV. I think that without, and again, not trying to pick on anything, but because reality TV is about getting ratings and because um, saying crazy things gets people to watch, um, we're growing up in a time where sitcoms and reality TV has kind of trained us that we can say some outlandish things and maybe that that's a culture of rudeness. And so I think that one of the things that we can do to, to help ourselves with that is 
to speak to the people around us about how we're making them feel. How do, you know, yeah. tell me, uh, you know, the people that we know that love us and care of us, you know, hey, do you feel like, did you feel like I was rude with the way I handled that? Do you feel like I, did I say that the right way? I have to do this a lot. Uh, and, and my wife is a fantastic one to help me. She, she will be, she's very honest with me. Uh, you could have said that better. You should have done this differently. And so I think, again, being curious, being actually not being afraid to ask the questions that that might be uncomfortable for us to face the truth when somebody says, yeah, that, that really that was, was rude. Yeah. That really wasn't very kind. And then to be able to say, okay, well, thank you for letting me know that so that I can go ahead and improve and be a better person for it. So I think that that's, again, being curious is kind of the, the way to find out if we're, we're being that. And maybe that we're, if you are in a culture, again, there are some, some things – that are they just truly are some cultures find it rude other cultures don't different cultures have different ways of doing things I, I remember one of the things that when I was running a summer camp that was a little bit of a cultural learning experience for my mostly Anglo staff was that when we would have groups that came in that were Latin to the dining room it would be super loud way louder than when the Anglo groups were in there because the Latin groups just loved to to have community and talk together and and so we had in our Anglo society had this kind of culture of you know in the dining room you need to kind of keep a low keep it's it low and keep it kind of almost church like yeah, right yeah. and then the Latin groups would come in and it would be really loud in there and they're like hey you need to tell them to be quiet well no I don't because yeah this is what's appropriate for for this group and right. this is the way that it's being done there's nothing being rude happening here. And so that's where you just – again, we have to know the context of where we're working and what we're doing and be sensitive to that. Yeah. Well, that uh, culture of rudeness, maybe that's one of the societal norms we'll just not participate in. Yeah, I think that I think that when <laughs> I think that the the culture of rudeness, when I talk about a culture of rudeness, what's what I think is whenever we start demeaning other people, yeah. That's when it becomes real. And so anytime I'm doing something that causes somebody to feel less than the image of God that they were created in, that's a problem. And so that's what we want to to think about when it comes to not being rude. Mm, that's something good to think about. All right. We are running past time today, and that's all right because – you know, I think each one of these presents another challenge, and we knew going into this that love is difficult, it's hard, and we're really investigating very closely all the nuances of each of these. And sometimes it kind of feels like a tall order, but I want to end today on our final thoughts from Ken's message. He said, love explains, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I know we don't see eye to eye, and I'm not trying to be rude to you, but I'm trying to follow my religious convictions. And when it doesn't violate religious convictions, we are to go ahead and go with the societal norms around us and to care about those around us, to care about being in relationship with each other. Can you imagine a world where everyone cared about the feelings of others, where we went out of our way to not give offense to anyone? That's the world that Jesus will one day recreate. But in the meantime, Jesus asks his followers to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. I just thought that last little bit was the perfect way to end this because the, in there, there's pa it's patient, it's kind, it's not – it's all the things we've already talked about. And then just to remember that this is what heaven's going to be like. So mm. let's, uh, let's do our best while we're here. To me, this is just really a touchy subject because there's just so many 
we're, we're all so different in what our trigger points are and what's offensive and what isn't in culture, and just ourselves, and then the culture we were raised, all these things. If there's anything we didn't talk about that you'd like to share, send us a text or voicemail to 407-965-1607 or email podcast at wholelife.church. If you text or voicemail, I won't know who you are, and you can remain anonymous. Well, if your voice, I might be able to figure it out, but you know, leave a text message if that's the case. Next week, we already talked about it. Love is flexible. Huh? Yeah. Flexible. Flexible. Ooh, now that seems weird because we've been talking a lot about what it's not. Yeah. And what it is initially, now what it's not, and now we're going to be flexible? We're going to be flexible. Ooh. What the uh, translation actually says is love does not demand its own way. Demand, yeah, demand so it's flexible. Yeah. So is this the is this the end coming up? We're wrapping this all up, or do we have uh, one we, more? We, we have actually a team think uh, three or four more. Is there really three? I think, yeah, Why did like I that. think I was looking at the list because we're actually having uh, one of our church members, Alexi Melnick, is going through and taking all of our podcasts. And he's putting them into sermon series all the way back for all five wow. years. So if you're like, hey, where's that series that we did on love? Or what is this series that we did three years ago? You'll be able to go through and find all of them in one little collection you can listen to. Wow. Podcast. And then as far back as we go with Speaking of Grace. So it's going to be pretty cool. amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Alexi. I'm, yeah. not sure, I'm not sure if he listens yet. He's like, he's in the mix. He's on the team. I don't know if he's a listener yet. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, love is flex. All right, love is flexible. You got me on this one, Ken. Does not demand its own way. I'm just trying to think of where we're headed. But yeah, a teaser. I'm going to try to do a backbend on. No, I'm not. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I, the keyword would be try. Let's okay. not be rude. We have. <laughs> we we do have medical personnel <laughs> yeah, we in do. the building. I we think. need one very close, very close, <laughs> really close to the ER in case it doesn't yeah. work out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very short sermon. <laughs> well, catch. Well, this might be the first time we actually preach. You know, via Zoom from the ER. So, you know, <laughs> first you know, time for everything. That's right. Tune in this week, people. It's flexible and you don't want to miss I've it. I've used stories from the ER, but this will be the first time to. Oh, uh, man. Nice. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and have a great week. <laughs> I'm just picturing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that shouldn't have been that funny, but... <laughs> <laughs>